the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From Talk 910 KNEW San Francisco, this is Rob Black. Rob talks about your money every weekday, live and local, from 10 to noon. Enjoy the show. Live from the Bay Area, your money, your life. This is Rob Black. Five five six three nine to get your calls in the air. It's eight hundred three four five five six three nine. It's Monday morning. Not sure about you, but doesn't it already feel like the holidays are creeping up on us? We're less than two weeks out to Thanksgiving. Holy mackerel! This is the time of year that I actually hate. Love the holidays. Love the family. Love the turkey. Love the ham. Love the food. Love the chocolate. Love the gifts. Love the Christmas caroling hate the fact that no one focuses on business. I mean, it's truly, truly impossible to focus on business. I'm not sure about you, but I find it that way. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Did something kind of interesting this weekend. I'm not sure what your weekend was like. I No, 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 I didn't go and watch the, the big Manny Pacquiao fight. Although someone asked me if I did. And that goes to show you that boxing still hasn't gone completely away. And it was a brutal fight, I hear. I hear that it was, um, how shall we say, classic? I hear that it went 12 rounds. And supposedly Manny Pacquiao is like best of the best as far as the people who are out there boxing in this day and age. Now, I just can't throw out. I just can't shell out 49 bucks for a boxing match. Just can't do it. It's, you know, it's not that I'm, it's, it is that I'm cheap. It is that I'm cheap. So I actually, I started thinking about it. Um, an industry is changing, and I learned that this weekend, and I learned it pretty aggressively. What industry am I talking about? First and foremost, you're listening to Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, and thanks for listening. An industry that's changing pretty aggressively, in my opinion, is the death industry. What do I mean by that? Well, I went to a funeral this weekend, and it wasn't really a funeral. It was, the man gave his body to science. Literally, he's sitting at Stanford right now, and young kids are learning from him. But we sat around, and we basically talked about the guy. We refused to pay $5,000 for a casket, whether it be an oak casket or a cardboard casket. Oftentimes, I say, bury me in cardboard in the backyard. I'm cool with it. I really am. Now, with that said... One industry that's changing aggressively, in my opinion, is the death industry. Because kids today, we just, we're a little bit more common sense. And we see, you know, marriages that cost forty dollars to $50,000. Average marriage right now costs over $40,000. When had that couple invested that, they'd have 80000 by the time they're 35. They'd have 160000 by the time they're 42. They'd have 320000 by the time they're 50. They'd have $600,000 by the time they're 60. And why do most marriages end? Typically over money. And also, I think, because the guy wants to feel like he's forever teen. And once he starts making good money, he 
feels like you can buy a young woman. But that's, again, money is the root of all evil. So we sat around and we talked about family member all weekend. Remembered good things about him. He was the smartest person in our family. He was the most uh, wise in our family. He was truly like a historical character in our family. He was the Mark Twain of our family, so to speak. He was a patriarch. And it was a beautiful thing. It was just, you know, maybe eight, nine of us sitting around in a circle talking about him. And he left this planet a little bit too early. He left his wife a little bit too early. He was overweight and he enjoyed living. I think we all agreed that, you know, he'd rather have lived and died early than not lived and, you know, eaten soy <laughs> and died a little bit later. But anyway, we truly, truly miss him. And the industry's changing. And one company that you got to be careful for is, is, is a company called Service Corp. Service Corp is the industry of funeral homes, about 365 cemeteries, 40-plus states. They sell caskets. They sell funeral necessities, burial vaults, cremation receptacles, flowers, burial arrangements. I find them kind of... I had to bury my father 15-plus years ago, and it's vile. The whole industry is just, to me, vile. I would rather deal with an attorney. I would rather be audited by the IRS than have to go through the funeral industry. So there's an industry that, on one hand, makes sense. We all have to die. And on another level, it makes sense because, you know, six, seven, eight thousand dollars for the Corvette of caskets. I mean, people throw that out because they don't want to be cheap when it comes to their, their, their family. I can make a case for the company. At the same time, I can tell you that the trend today is just cremate me. You know, <laughs> what I want to be done is uh, when I die, I want to be marched down Beale Street, not Beale Street, uh, Bourbon Street in New Orleans, Beale Street's Memphis. I want to be marched down with a marching band. And then, uh, you know, I want someone, you know, who's drunk to trip into the person who's holding my ashes. I want the ashes to go down the sewer, and that'll be the end of me. So things do change. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Let's go to Fernando in Redwood City. How are you, Fernando? How you doing, Rob? I'm doing okay. Hello, Rob. Go ahead. Rob, can you hear me? Yeah, we got we, we got a rookie on the board today, which is oh. actually kind of funny. Um, it's the big dial that says volume. I can hear you. Um, okay, excellent. So, listen, I have uh, about 170000 in um, uh, IRA, and I pulled it out about two months ago, and it's in the money market right now. Okay. And um, Why did you pull it out two months ago? Uh, because, uh, you know, I made some money in the last previous four months. Uh, you know, I kind of rode the swell of the market, and I thought it might dip again. So now I'm thinking of putting it back in, and I just want to know what you what your thoughts on this one. I don't know, Fernando. I don't do what you do. I don't time the market. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to time the market, I think that's an incredibly perilous game. And the people that tend to tell you to time the market, they tend to buy infomercials on radio and television stations, and they tend to tell you only when they said something correct. Um, and they never tell you that, you know, for instance, every technician right now is calling for market correction, but every technician's been calling for market correction for four months now, and that's cost you a lot of money being out of the market. Um, I would personally don't believe in ever getting out of the market until I'm 55-plus years old uh, when I no longer have time to play the game correctly. Playing the game correctly means I continue to buy stocks when they're down. I bought stocks last month, the month before, the month before. The, the happiest I was was you know eight months ago when the market was at its lows. So I'm not the best person to call and say, should you get back in the market? I think you should. I do expect a correction. I do expect it to be 5 to 10%. I do expect us to be higher a year from now. I think in the next nine months, Fernando, and what I should say is in four quarters, in the last quarter we had a great quarter. The next three quarters look pretty easy to me. 
Um, we don't really need employment because the numbers that we're comparing them to are off of bad employment numbers in a scenario where companies were downsizing and taking big fat charges. So I think it's going to be pretty easy to beat the numbers. With that said, I'm not as bullish today as I was, say, when I started the show on Clear Channel 910 uh, about six, seven, eight months ago, uh, back in March. Uh, I, I'm not much of a market timer, Fernando. Okay, talk to me about diversification then. How would you uh, suggest I diversify my money? Um, how old are you? Uh, 50. 50. And you're all in cash right now? Right now I'm liquid. Okay, that just makes me want to cry. Doesn't that make you want to cry? Well, I'm losing money every day. Yeah, you're not mo- losing money every day. It just, I think, um, oh, I don't even know. You're losing opportunity or time maybe because... You really only have 10 more years and just missed two up months in the market. And if you take 10 years and say 120 months, you just list, lost you know, maybe about 1% of your time left in up markets. Um, and that's what kind of spooks me out, freaks me out, maybe 1.5%. What I believe in diversification is I start with everything 2020, 2020, 2020. And then at that point in time, I look at time frames. 2020, 2020, 2020, what does that mean? That means I start 20% large, 20% mid, 20% small. 20% international and 20% income. And that can be real estate investment trust or that can be bonds. That's the basic generic. You want less bonds at this point in time. I still think you have 10 plus years. How much? You got 170000 and you're 50 years old. What else do you have? I'm sorry? What else do you have? Uh, I got a couple of homes and uh, that's pretty much it. Um, but the homes are worth... Uh, they're not what they're not worth what they used to be. <laughs> are they worth anything? Have, have you made money on them, or have you lost money? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I think maybe I'm sitting at about two hundred two hundred thousand equity on one, and maybe about a hundred thousand equity on another. Okay, the one that you're making, the one that you have two hundred thousand dollars equity. How much are you making a year off that one? Uh, well, that one is the one I live in, so I'm not making any money off it. Okay. So and the other one, uh, it just pretty much, it, it's a wash. Okay. If it's a wash, I say sell it. Because real estate, to me, loses 3% per year based on inflation and on the weaker dollar. I think your money could be better spent elsewhere. Um, and you should be making 4 to 6% on your money. And if it's a wash, that means you're making nothing. So you will get appreciation over time, yes. And maybe you will get someone else paying your mortgage, yes. And you will get some depreciation uh, through the taxes. So, you know, maybe don't, don't sell it. It's, it, if it's a prime location, don't sell it. If it's a horrible location, it ain't coming roaring back anytime soon. That real estate market, as far as the 2020, 2020 goes is I would favor small cap at this point in time. And I would favor international. That's truly not international, not GE, you know, something where you're like, what currency is that company? You know, I can't even figure that one out. So you want large cap, I think you can underweight right now because in your theory, you think the stock market's due for a correction. The stock market really has had a great role on large cap companies. So maybe overweight small cap and international. Um, REITs, I think there's still another three to six months before they're you know beautiful in the target buys. Um, I wouldn't mind picking some up today, though, especially if you can find a real estate investment trust that has recently issued new shares, recently come public, or recently raised capital. Um, those are the ones that I tend to favor because they have ammunition, i.e. cash, to go out and buy companies. Mid-cap on more market weight, so I'd say overweight small and overweight international. Um, underweight large and underweight um, mid. I think mid's okay. Maybe a market weighting on mid. 
Um, and REITs, you know, if you're opportunistic, I think uh, you can pick up some wonderful REITs. And I think if you're opportunistic on your income, I think you can pick up some wonderful California municipal bonds. If you, As long as you believe that we're not going to default on our debt. You know, governor of New York thinks at some point in time California defaults on its municipal bonds. But I don't think that's going to happen. I just think we'll continue to, you know, raise more money by, you know, uh, throwing more debt out there so and we'll 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 throw debt out there to pay off debt in my lifetime now my kids that may be a whole different issue Uh uh-oh people meter ding 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 ding. time is rob 800-345-5639 get your calls in there it's 800-345-5639 it's rob black show 9 10 a.m more stimulating talk you're listening to rob black 9 10 a.m more stimulating talk He's got jury duty today, so I got a part-time villain producer. So I'm not allowed to badmouth because technically he's my boss. Even though when you pay someone in peanuts, does that really make them your boss? Unless you are truly an elephant in the circus. Maybe I am an elephant in the circus. 800 345 to get your calls on the air. It's 800 345 to get your calls on the air. What was the number one movie of the weekend? 2012 took in $65 million in its opening weekend domestically, another $160 million abroad. It was all typically tied towards that Mayan prophecy that the world ends in 2012. Where will you be? Disney's Christmas Carol had a strong second week, and the movie Precious looks destined for bigger things. I did a little spot on... I, I, if you listen at 315, 415, 515, uh, 545, 615, 645 on the John Kin show right here on 910, uh, they tend to talk about uh, local politics, California politics, and issues along those lines and things that make them mad as hell and they're going to take it anymore, i.e. taxes. Anyway, long story short, um, I do little 45, 50 second business updates. And on Friday, I did one tied towards the movie Precious and the movie Lion. Uh, it's being produced by Lionsgate. A couple of years ago, Lionsgate produced Crash, and it was a huge movie for them. Um, won the Academy Award, and their stock moved higher. A couple of years before that, they did a movie uh, called Monster's Ball, where we got to see Halle Berry naked um, and doing her thing, so to speak. And uh, that moved the stock higher. So could Precious be a big movie for Lionsgate? Could it move the stock again? Maybe. It's starting to expand nicely. But they've had an awful year this year, Lionsgate has. They've had movies like Saw 5 or Saw 6 that just didn't do what they wanted it to. Um, and horror movies typically are wildly profitable if you get where I'm going at. Anyway, I digress. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Let's go to Adam and Hayward. Adam? Hello, Rob. Hi. Just a little career question for you. Looking to possibly change careers and go into the financial industry. Okay, good. And just wanted to kind of pick your brain on the pros and cons for, you know, I'm 27 years old for a younger guy to really take the leap and change industries different from what I'm doing now and the type of company it looks to get into and kind of the ins and outs. Sure. Um, what are you doing right now, out of curiosity? I work in the transportation industry. Okay. Um, what, five and a half years. What makes you unique that you're going to bring something to the financial planning world or the financial world? That I don't know. Well, I'm not going to hire you. I'm not going to hire you. That's for damn sure. <laughs> um, are you a white guy? Or do you have any color in your yeah. skin? Do you have, Can you speak a different language? I can't speak other languages. I'm a, I'm a white gentleman. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You know, I don't know a whole lot. That's why I'm really looking to. Get this in, company. this industry has a lot of white dudes. Is something I'm going to tell you, and I say that with love and respect to people with color. 
Um, I would like to see more Latin Americans um, jump in the financial world because I'm not Latin American. I'd like to see more African Americans jump in the financial play. I'd like to see more women jump in this world uh, because they, you need to kind of represent a clientele. Now, do you want to start at the bottom or do you want to, like, what's your goal here? Do you want to, like, work your way up? Do you want to go back to college? No, I, I have my master's in finance and accounting. However, I think it would probably be good to start at the bottom. And I'd be willing to do that now, younger in my life, you know, not uh-huh. married, no kids, no mortgage, anything like that. What I would probably recommend is is consider taking the CFP, um, becoming a certified financial planner. You can learn more about it at CFP.com. I think the stockbroker is dead. I think the investment rep through insurance is slimy. Um, I don't think insurance should be investments, and I don't think investments should be insurance. I think investments, like, hey, put your money down and invest in something and give it time, and it'll do well. Um, for some reason, we want to ensure that it'll do well, and we're willing to pay a premium to do that, and I think that's just silly and sick. Um, so I'd, I'd go to CFP.com and uh, learn what it's going to take. It's going to be basically a three-plus-year process. You have to take a test. Then you have to basically work as kind of a paralegal, but a para-financial planner. It's all called a para-planner for three years and gain some experience. Um, you're probably going to be making that forty to fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year range. And at that point in time, you start building a book of clientele. And that's why I say do something unique, do something with a niche. Like for instance, if you're a deeply religious man, consider you know being the deeply religious financial planner. There's a guy named Dave Ramsey who's crazy, wildly uh, wealthy as a financial planner. People don't realize he's an infomercial. He pays to be on radio stations. And then what he does is he he talks about how Jesus wouldn't take from Paul or Peter wouldn't take from Paul. And like his financial advice is really for financially retarded people, like um, people in trailers. He says, buy your house in cash. Like who can buy their house in cash in this day and age? Oh, yeah. People who live in trailers. Um, But he's got his niche. Do you see what I'm saying? He's got that religious bullet shot. Um, My bullet shot is Generation X and super intelligence and money issues. Uh, yeah. Figure out what your niche is and become a CFP is my advice. I think every other career in the industry, it's brutal. If you want to be a CFA, Certified Financial Analyst, you could work for a Certified Financial Planner. I think planners don't lose their jobs to overseas markets because people still like to talk to their planner, and they still want them to be somewhat local and get to you know somewhat know their local situation, so to speak. What are your thoughts on, on joining a you know John Hancock, Fidelity, Northwestern, some company like that at the ground level. I think Fidelity is fantastic. I think joining Northwestern or or John Hancock means you're going to be selling insurance. What they're basically going to do is they're going to say, go go hit up your friends and family, and here's a, a phone book. Good luck. Um, I That's think that what, what you're going to I think what you're going to be finding out is they tell you, hey, these these American funds are great funds, and you should push them on all your clients because their performance is great, and the performance is great, but you have to pay five and a half, six and a half percent in a front end load. To buy them, and it's 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 really sick. And if you do that to your family members, you ain't going to be coming to ho 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 down the, down the line. If you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So I'd be careful on the Hancock's, and uh, I love Fidelity. Um, if you can get a job at Fidelity, I'd, I'd do that in a heartbeat. Okay. So good luck to you, right. Adam. Thanks for the call. Eight hundred three four five five six three nine to get your calls. The air. Uh, let's go to share. And if this is the real share, I would be the happiest man on the planet. <laughs> no, it's not. Wouldn't it be great that if you just kicked out, if I could turn back time and you had her pipes. Yeah, I would. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, I have a question. Okay. Um, I inherited um, some uh, funds uh-huh. and from Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer California yep. Municipal Class A. At the time that my mother bought them, she paid um, something like 400 and something. 
for it. And it's worth now um, three, let's see, it's two, two sixty approximately. And which is up from what it was, it went as low as two oh six thousand. And I'm just wondering, um, with California, with all the talk on the verge of bankruptcy, I, should I hang on to this and just transfer it into my name now that the time's come, or should Here, I? Yeah, here's what you got, Cher, is you got an income play, and you got a $200,000 income play. So $200,000, hmm, the, the yield is 7% right now. So what you basically have is you're probably pulling in a good thousand to fifteen hundred dollars a year in income, just holding on to this, and you're not paying any taxes on it. So if that's enough income for you, and you're good with that, you're okay. Had it set up that she automatically has it set up cash withdrawals of sixteen hundred a month. Okay, and that's probably why it's gone down so much in value. Because she was taking a little bit too much out. The fund has been volatile, and California is in a little bit of trouble. Would I hold on to the fund? I would, share if I, if I didn't need the money. Um, it's a good income stream. It's a good fund. The fees have already been paid. They are being sued right now, which you should take a look into. And there's been a lot of damage to the fund. If you think California is going to continue to spend recklessly for years and 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 and that they're never going to fix their budget, then I probably wouldn't hold on to it. Um, But at some point in time, I think there's going to be hell to pay for all of our drunk spending, so to speak. I think it's a good fund with a good income. I would prefer share that you leave the fund and buy individual California municipal bonds like California 2023 uh, general obligation bond fund. I think that's a smarter play, but... A lot of damage has already been done to the funds. So I wouldn't panic. 800-345-5639 to get your calls there. It's Rob Black Show. Talk910.com is the website. 910 AM is what you're listening to. More stimulating talk. Get in the Rob Black chat room live now. Go to talk910.com. Go to the Rob Black page and click play. brings up what's wrong with my show. And for a lot of the genius that is my Generation X free-flowing psychotherapy session, which I call a radio show, there's some flaws. I don't know if she needed income. I don't know if she needed growth. I don't know if she lived in a trailer. I don't know if she lived in a mansion. That's the flaw with my show, and that's something I'll never, ever, ever, never be able to jump over. As much as I want to, I can't. Oh, I wish. I wish. Now, one thing that I tried to do on this show is I kind of blend my lifestyle of money and investing and video games and technology and living on the peninsula with you. I kind of tried to say, hey, here's my life. That's why I told you I did a funeral this weekend. That's not easy for me to do. I'm a little bit on the private side. I'm a little bit on the shy side. One thing I am is I'm totally on the honest side. And if you ever catch me, you know, lying to you, I'll pay you a buck because it ain't going to happen. 
one thing I promise you is I will show up hard and work and show you everything that's money, whether it's you, whether you have a kid. I mean, once you have a kid, you've made a $250,000 decision to raise them from age 0 to 17, of which it's probably the best thing you'll ever do. But it's damn expensive. And once you have a kid, if you want to send him to college like most parents do, that's another $250,000. That's $500,000 decision. That's a home in Tahoe versus a kid. What's four kids? Four homes in Tahoe. Actually, four kids are a little bit more efficient because you pass down some clothes and some toys and you kind of learn, you know, the diaper mistakes. For instance, don't buy diapers at Safeway. They're expensive. Don't buy diapers at Long's. Go to diapers.com. They're about 30 to 40% cheaper. And hey, why pay state taxes if you don't have to pay state taxes? Why pay local income taxes? You see what I'm saying? Anyway, I'll talk about anything money. I will. I will. I will. I will. I promise you. Now, here's an angle, for instance. Here's an angle. And this is typically a website that I find uh, average. One website that I like a lot, Bloomberg.com. And they just bought Business Week, and I think that's a great thing. And I'll talk about that in a a couple minutes. But one website that I don't really find terribly useful is CNN Money. Now, the company that they're talking about today is Apple. And their lips are sealed about widely rumored tablet computers. But you know what? What? When you build a tablet computer, when you come up with a new iPhone, it has to get manufactured in Taiwan. It has to get manufactured in Asia, right? You know that. And when that happens, you've got a lot of people there who are, you know, engineers, and they're putting it together, and they're testing it, and they're, they're seeing if they can make a million in one minute. They're seeing if they can make, you know, one in one million minutes. They're, they're testing it. And right now, experts are starting to get giddy about the device. Executives at Apple never, ever discuss projects. Never. But rumors are starting to circulate out of control that they've got a magazine-sized, touchscreen, handheld, all-in-one device. It's half iPhone, half Macintosh computer. That's cool. Remember when you were watching Buck Rogers and Battlestar Galactic and Star Trek as a kid? And you'd see Dr. Bones with the tablet in his hand and like, bloop, 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 and make these funny noises and you'd, you'd look at your chart. That's what we're at. We're in Star Trek now. I don't want to be bloated, bloated Captain Kirk and say the, the iPhone is the communicator. I don't want to, be, I don't want to go. I don't want to do that. Um, it's supposedly going to make um, its debut of the tablet in the next few months. You can have it for the low, low price of 600 to 800 maybe maybe $1,000. No one's sure on that. But what we're sure of is that we've seen them now. Tablet's going to be able to do everything basically a gadget could do. It's an e-reader. It's a gaming device. It's a music player. You can watch TV and movies on it, and you can surf the internet as well. So people have heard. They haven't actually seen it because, again, we can see photos of it, but we can't actually touch it. It's going to have thousands of third-party applications available for it. It's going to probably run Mac OS X. Still a little unknown on that. This is product, and I want you to understand how important product is to Wall Street, whether it's Intel. I fixed a computer this weekend. That's something I do in my, my spare time. I fix other people's computers. It was a 12-year-old computer. It was a Pentium 3. Pentium 3 was a product. Pentium 4 was a product. You get the idea. ESPN is a product for who? Well, football is a product for ESPN, but ESPN is a company owned by who? ABC. I, I, you got to start seeing this stuff because the sooner you see it, the sooner you're going to be a better investor. Sometime between now and Christmas, I'm going to do a Rob Black ho-ho-ho stocking stuffer show. I'd like to do it next week so I could play it for Thanksgiving and then replay it. And it's going to be totally obnoxious. It's going to have the Charlie Brown probably in loop throughout the whole show. But it's going to probably be the best 10, 15, 20, 25 stocks that you can own in your lifetime. 
Is Apple one of them? Nah. Apple's a trading stock. Apple's the Sony of the 90s. When I, when I was a boy in the 90s, I had to have a Sony Walkman. I had to have a Sony Stereo. I had to have a Sony Micro. Like, I had to have everything Sony. Sony. And now it's like, who cares? Although Sony TV still carry a little cachet in my head. But it's probably not even true. But the cachet that it carries in my head. Like, when I was in the 80s, I knew American cars were awful. And in my 90s and 2000s, I haven't bought an American car. Well, I bought cars that were made in America, but, you know, uh, the profits went to Japan, so to speak. Anyway, you get the idea. Do you see how important branding is? Do you see how important product is? I love Apple. I've owned shares of Apple. Right now, I don't own shares of Apple. Um, I've owned it, and I will own it again. I will buy into it. I will trade it. So, long story short, you got to get product. Now, one more thing that I want to talk about in this break is Business Week. They They recently got acquired by Bloomberg. I started this segment by talking about how much I like Bloomberg. And how much I don't like CNN Money. Even though CNN Money gave me some content there, right? Now, Bloomberg bought Business Week. If you know anything about the industry, magazine industry, it's dying. It's kind of like the T-Rex. It ain't going to be on this planet forever and ever. But some parts of it will. But the big golden day of magazines is over. It's not actually true. Because new magazines will launch for a year, two years, three years. But then they'll go out. They're kind of like restaurants. Very much like restaurants. And for the record, I drove by a Chinese place this morning. I was like, I haven't been there in three years. And what's the story there? Is when you invest in restaurants, be careful. Because once Americans turn, once they have a bad experience, they never ever go back. So to me, restaurants are three-year investments at the most. To me, tech stocks are trading stocks. Now, a company that I want to talk about, Bloomberg, they're looking to expand their, their buying business week. They are fantastic at business news. Bloomberg is. Publishing giants like Condé Nast, Time, and New York Times. They got veteran scribes and rich histories. They've laid people off in the last few years. They've cut back on the big names. Ultimately, Bloomberg lacks pedigree, but they're hiring people. They're expanding their business model. They just opened up a new business uh, office in Ecuador in Abu Dhabi. Editorial staff, which includes radio, TV, and website workers, now hits 2,200. There's only 1,200 journalists for the New York Times and 1,900 journalists for Dow Jones, which is crazy. If you know that Dow Jones, how big they are with Newswire and the Journal, it's, it's ludicrous. So the best news gathering organization, the biggest, is Bloomberg. And I can tell you, I work for news. I work at Channel 4 Cron. We've cut people. Some of our news comes from CNN. Some of it comes from the Associated Press. It's not like we're sending out investigative reporters knocking on your door, you know. We got to come in there. We got to come in there. We got to figure out what's why mom and pop are getting screwed. News organizations are shrinking and they're making some strategic partnerships. They're not growing right now. Bloomberg's growing. Am I, am I a whore for Bloomberg? Am I pimping Bloomberg too much? No, I'm just telling you, they put out some really damn fine product. I think the New York Times does. I think um, Dow Jones, which does the Wall Street Journal, I think they do too. Those are my three sources. The Chronicle I use for uh, my cat litter box it's useless. It's useless. L.A. Times is okay. But, the you know, the paper of record, New York Times. Every day I start with Times. Every day I start with the Journal. Every day I start with Bloomberg. Every day I start with Financial Times. Financial Times is kind of like a New York Times. Um, I'm sorry. It's kind of like a Wall Street Journal of, of England. Anyway, just trying to show you what I do. Trying to show you my lifestyle. I got my boss man running my board today. He's a great guy, but he's he's a disciplinarian. He's good for this city. You know anything about discipline in the city of San Francisco? He fits right in. It's pretty tight. 800-345.
kind of a sadomasochist is what I'm getting at. 800 345 talk910.com is our website where you can get a copy of the show. It was 9:10 a.m. More stimulating talk. You're listening to Rob Black. 9:10 a.m. More stimulating talk. commercial break I heard a advertisement for a ram truck and it's it's a talking truck <laughs> goes I'm a ram kind of freaks me out to think of a talking vehicle but then it gives me a flashback to my childhood do you remember wonderbug I don't know I, I don't know what's wrong with me but my parents put me in front of these psychedelic 70s TV shows that just they weren't all right I mean they seriously weren't HR puff and stuff if you watch HR puff and stuff today you're clearly got to be smoking some dope to enjoy it because it's just lunacy. There's talking trees. There's a talking flute. There's there's a, a boy who runs around and, and, and his best friend is a dragon. And then there's two cops that kind of are twins and the witchy poo. I mean, freaky deaky stuff. But Wonderbuck, the Ram t- truck talking kind of freaky. But go back and listen, watch the TV show Wonderbug and just go to YouTube. I think that's the best thing about YouTube is that you can like see some of these TV shows that you saw from your childhood and go... What were they thinking? It was called the Schlepp Car. And this was brought to us by, you know, the people at uh, Sid and Marty Croft, which Land of the Lost, creepy TV show, but I loved it. Uh, Dr. Shrinker, where there was, you know, you had a regular character who was a midget, and that was just fantastic. And, you know, he shrank these people. They're stuck on an island. They're trying to get the shrink ray back on. Um, just crazy, just loot, lunacy stuff. But Wonderbug was a car. It was a Volkswagen bug, I think, that would turn into kind of like a dune buggy or something along those lines. And the dune buggy was this big, wonderful vehicle that could fly and do crazy stuff and stop criminals. But you look back on it, and it's this big rubber puppet, and the, the the bumpers move to make a mouth, and its its headlights are eyeballs, and oh, just crazy stuff. Eight hundred three four five five six three nine. On Friday's show, I had um, I had the gold keeper, Joe Cannon from the San Jose Sharks on, and uh, he said, "Man, you say that phone number fast. I can't write it down. You say it so fast, so I got to slow it down on occasion." Eight hundred three four five. Five six three nine, and that's tip of my hat to the people over sixty years old, uh, because typically I say yeah, I'm not going to slow it down. But they have a thirty five year old professional athlete can't hear me say eight hundred three four five five six three nine. Then I probably should slow it down ever so much. New York Times did a fun piece today, again showing us how much how little things change on a day by day basis, but how much they change on a year over year basis. And the New York Times looked at broadcast television. You can invest in ABC, Disney. You can invest in NBC, GE. You can invest in CBS, CBS. I don't recommend you do it. Um, not on that level. I think GE is the most intriguing of them all because they've got a diversified business model. They've got long-form business. They've got short-form business. But I'm totally digressing. Anyway, the New York Times article talked about how 30 years ago in TV, what you could say and what you couldn't. Versus today. So they go back 20 years and when the first time you heard the word you suck. It's on a TV show that no one watched called Uncle Buck. But our society survived, but Uncle Buck didn't. You know, Uncle Buck went down. But that's the, we said you suck. 
for the first time. Then now you hear you suck like everywhere, right? You suck, you suck, you suck, you suck. Like it's everywhere. Now, the word, what's the hot word of the year? Do you know on TV? Last year, it was jackass. But jackass is starting to die off now. And ever since George Carlin laid out the seven words you can't say in in television, writers have always pushed the edge. The big word of the year is douche. It's appeared 76 times already on 26 different primetime network series. That's up 30 uses on 15 shows in all of 2007. So, yeah, big word of the year is douche. I don't know. I guess it is, isn't it, if you think about it? Kind of funny. Um, Elsewhere, Intel. Remember last week, Intel has to pay AMD $1 billion for being a monopoly? People kind of freaked out about that. People are like, that's a lot of money. As a shareholder, I want that money in my pocket, not AMD's pocket. Now, Intel's the biggest chip company. When I say chip, I'm not talking salsa. You know what I'm saying? They're going to raise their dividend by 12.5% starting next year. That quarterly dividend is going to be up to 15.75 cents a share, up from 14 cents. Now, again, huge legal costs. But again, they can they can afford it. Intel in my lifetime at one point in time was a growth stock. It was actually a hyper growth stock in my lifetime. Then it became a growth stock. And slowly but surely, it's going to become a, a, a kind of a moderate growth with a dividend. And down the road, it'll be a dividend stock. There'll be a point in time where Intel won't make something super, where they won't make something faster, where the chip speeds, will they max out in my lifetime? I believe they will. I believe we will get to a point where we can turn on a computer and it's on. I believe we will get to a point where we can render in real time or pretty darn close to it. With that said, Intel in my lifetime will become a boring, boring, boring stock but because they control the market, they'll pay a massive dividend. And I like you that very much. I like you that very much. Ring, ring, ring. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. It's 800-345-5639. Cisco. Now, again, I didn't say Crisco. I said Cisco. I'm not talking about the stuff you cook with. I'm not talking about the soul singer who sang the thong song. Thong, 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 thong. Not that Cisco. I'm not talking about Cisco. The trucking company brings food to restaurants. I'm talking about the network equipment maker Cisco. They raised their bid for Norwegian video conferencing equipment maker Tanberg. Now, we knew this a couple of weeks ago. Tanberg makes these massive, huge, interactive video displays. And uh, long story short, eh, some of the shareholders are like, you know, that's not enough money that you originally offered. Why don't you come back to the table and give us a little bit more? There's a lot of online video conferencing growth areas. For instance, I was, I was sitting there fighting with a relative this weekend about uh, every time the president decides to travel and give one of his little, you know, hometown speeches. It cost millions and millions and millions and millions of taxpayer dollars for him to go to, you know, little town Ohio. I'd rather do a video conference. I'd rather the president stay at the White House where business is as usual and, and do more video conference trips. I'd like to see some of the costs because when he goes to little old town in Ohio, he strains the police system there. He strains the little old town of, of, of Ohio's budget. I'm not a big fan of seeing the president in person. Let's just see him on video conference. Save the taxpayers some money. So anyway, that's why Cisco's in that industry. Because I'm not a big fan of CEOs always traveling. Stay at your office. Save some money. You don't have to, you know, leave the wife and go stay at a five-star hotel. And uh, anyway, 800-345-5639. Let's go to Tim in San Francisco. Hi, Rob. Hi, Tim. Uh, got a question about a company called Access Pharma. 
Um, the reason I'm asking is because back in March I bought Ford at uh, Ford Motor at 5:26. It closed at 8:41 on Friday, and I'm thinking of uh, selling that and rolling all of this the money over into like 2,000 shares of this Access Pharma, which closed at 3.14 on Friday. Okay, I don't do penny stocks. Okay, and I, it's just I can't find the information for you. Okay, I'm a guy who likes numbers. Um, and the numbers on these are just brutal. Now, you went from a car, a car company, a company that made cars, Ford, and had you know the United States government likely to bail them out on some level because we saw them do it before in the eighties with Chrysler. So you went with access, and so you're going to jump to Access Pharma, which is a bulletin board stock. So that's a very big jump. That's like going from, ooh, how shall we say, dating Miss America to dating you know, a transsexual, where you're like. Things are a little different. Big drop-off, I know. But uh, the reason I'm, uh, this Access Pharma looks good, it's got a drug uh, called Murgard, uh, which is approved in 2007. It's mostly sold in Europe, but it's got a global market potential of $5 billion. And, um, and it's also a takeover target from a, large, uh, a lot of larger drug companies. Sure. Drugs it has. But All right. Now, you said something kind of interesting. I'm just trying to school you a little bit and, and make sure you know the risk. Potential target of $5 billion. So the market could be that. they got an oral treatment called Muir Garden, which you talked about. It reduces mouth inflammation to chemotherapy. Right. Um, so when you get chemotherapy, I don't know if anyone knows this, in radiation, it really freaks out your body. Right. Like yeah. You can't taste stuff, and yeah. you pull your hair out and stuff like that, and thanks yeah. for the call. It's lead development products called Prolindac, which is a polymer platinate chemotherapy drug designed to target tumors. Now, with a company like this, it's a story stock. If that story comes true... You have a home run. If not, you have a strikeout. So I wouldn't put the lunch money in it. I wouldn't put Mama's uh, milk money in it. You know, you take the the money, you go to the farm uh, farmers market, and you end up buying a can of beans that are magical can of beans instead of bringing home a cow to make milk. Mama's gonna be pretty upset. So other products in development include an oral delivery system and treatment for diabetes and cancer. Companies added several anti-cancer candidates. Let's pull up some financials because there are some financials on this company. Surprisingly, most bulletin board stocks don't have enough financials to be make that jump. So it's it's kind of like A baseball. No, no, it's below A baseball. Like you can't even find it in the newspaper suddenly becoming AAA. And once you get AAA and once you get major league, you're you're the newspapers. You're NYSE says you are legit, too legit, too legit to quit. Um, you're legit. This is a company that's eh, two years ago had no revenue. Now they've got $300,000 in revenue. Now two years ago they lost $6 million dollars. Last year, they lost $16 million. So they're in the business of losing money right now, not in the business of selling this drug. Now, in the, in the process, they're trying to come up with cures for cancers. In the process, they've got a drug that you know helps your taste buds change ever so slightly. They've issued a lot of shares. So if you were one of 100 shareholders a year ago, now you're one of a, you know 200. So you went from 1% stake to a half of 1% stake. you got to be brutally careful on that. Talk910.com, our website, 910am. Show is Rob Black and your money. More stimulating talk. From Talk 910 KNEW San Francisco, this is Rob Black. Rob talks about your money every weekday, live and local, from 10 to noon. Enjoy the show. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.